Hey friends, Andy Jenkins here with the Warrior Hope Podcast. In this episode, I really want to build on what we discussed in the previous episode. Now there, you might remember if you listened or watched that I left you with really the story of how this entire thing began. The Invisible Scars Project and then honoring the code and what now is leading up to the release of Trauma Comes Home and several of the books that we've written and the study guides and resources and tools that are available for veterans uh, and that are available for their families um, to really understand the process of, of coming home well and walking through some of the invisible scars, hurts, and pains of the past. Now, let me set up this talk where we're really going to walk through, uh, we've just entitled it PTSD 101. Dr. Sarah Gillum, PhD, she is a psychologist. I'm looking at my notes here to make sure I've got everything uh, totally correct. We actually featured her in one of our films, Honoring the Code. She was uh, one of our guests in season one of the Warrior Hope podcast. There's this scene that she recounts, and I would love to just allow you to see it or listen in because it will set up our conversation today about post-traumatic stress disorder and what it is. And we went to a restaurant one night and we were getting to-go boxes. <laughs> this is silly that I'm emotional about this, but it was, um, he got angry that we were taking a specific item home and he snapped and it wasn't necessarily angry. It wasn't in an abusive way. But there's that moment when you know this isn't about the to-go box. And you think, oh no. Now, I don't know if you can relate to what Sarah, Dr. Gillum, says right there. Uh, you might be able to, or you might have friends, if not personally firsthand, you might have friends that have had that experience. Here's what I want to show you is if that's you or if that's someone in your family or someone uh, that you know that's close to you, you are not alone and this is not something that's new. In fact, this whole experience, even though we're just now calling it PTSD, this is something that goes back not just decades, but it goes back centuries, and even as we'll see here, goes back millennia. Now, let me introduce you to the man that is gonna help us set this up. This is Bruce Chaplin. He is a pastoral psychologist. Uh, just listen to what he has to say. During the Civil War, we had veterans from both sides that had experienced the war, the horrors of the war, the death, the destruction, um, seeing what happened, to other, not only to the military, but to the civilian world and had a lot of emotional and psychological response to it. But the, given what we had in those days, we didn't have psychiatric medicine, we didn't have psychology, we didn't have, they didn't know what, so they, they, they took all these symptoms and they decided to call it something. So they called it, uh, looked at it, they called it soldier's heart. During World War I, which is a different world essentially, still didn't have psychiatrists and psychiatric medicine involved much with the military. Some people acknowledged it, but they had to come up with a, something, so they decided to call it shell shock. Now, listen here. This is Dr. Andrew Wiest. Uh, Dr. Wiest is a PhD American war history professor. And notice what he refers to about this idea of PTSD. A very famous case of a shell shock victim is Wilfred Owen. 
uh, who wrote a book, who wrote a poem called uh, Mental Cases, in which he looks at shell shock. And what he says about it is that the cases that he sees, and he describes them with horrific detail, that these cases, these minds of these men have been ravished by death, that they've witnessed murders, multitudinous murders. It's the same thing today. Uh, in going to war, uh, young men witness and take part in things that civilized society considers to be a sin, um, that thousands of years of history considered to be the most incorrect, wrong, sinful, horrible thing you can do, and they don't not only witness it, they're supposed to do it. Everything that they go through is something your mind and body rebels against. Um, and in the case of Vietnam, if the soldiers come back and are not welcomed, uh, a, a friend of mine put it this way, he said that soldiers from previous wars came home and were absolved of their sins by a grateful nation. The soldiers of Vietnam received no such absolution. They were left to bear the burden of their sins alone uh, with a society that had arguably rejected them. So what do we have through, throughout warfare is young men going through the worst thing that a young man can. And usually that includes death, but often, we often have to remember, it includes killing others. That's often the most predictable precursor to PTSD, is having taken part in the violent death of someone else. Now, Dr. Wiest referenced Wilfred Owen. Hang on to that name. We're going to come back to him again. I want to show you right here a clip from a 1946 documentary uh, that features soldiers. Let There Be Light is the name. Pay close attention here. That, that is a common concern among uh, servicemen who have developed nervous conditions during their stay in the Army uh, as to what the public is going to think about them. Undoubtedly, there will be people on the outside who won't have any understanding of the condition, who may think of it as being a rather shameful condition. If a civilian, the average civilian, were subjected to similar stresses, he undoubtedly would have developed the same type of nervous condition that most of you fellows developed. All of us have our so-called breaking point. Okay, I think that sets us up. Let me give you, this is from the Disentangled book. We actually have the same definition in the Warrior Hope Manual uh, that I'll show you if you're, if you're watching. If you're listening, you just kind of trust that I've got it. Links down in the show notes below. Post-traumatic stress. Now that we've kind of got an idea of what it does, post-traumatic stress, this is from the American Psychiatric Association. It is a psychiatric disorder that, let me point out some of the nuances here, that can occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event, such as a natural disaster, a serious accident, a terrorist act, war or combat, rape, or other violent personal assault. Now, there are a couple of nuances I want to bring out in that definition for you. Notice it can occur. So it, it may or may not occur. Uh, you can go through the same event and it could happen to someone and not happen to someone else. Notice this other kind of double speak here. It, it could happen to, could, to someone who experienced something or someone who witnessed something. In other words, you don't have to be a first-hand 
uh, let's use the term victim or survivor of some traumatic event. You, you could be someone who witnessed it. Um, notice that the criteria of what could cause it, it seems so, so broad. Uh, it, it could be a natural disaster, a serious accident, a terrorist act. It could be war, combat, rape, or other, other. Um, that's kind of the, it's not the junk drawer, it's just kind of the catch-all uh, or other type of violent assault. In other words, there are so many different things that could cause it. Now, for the purposes of this podcast, uh, even though uh, other events can cause it, and we don't want to diminish anyone's pain, what I do want to focus on, and what we do focus on in the Disentangled Manual and do focus on on Warrior Hope, is trauma and PTSD as it relates specifically to veterans. Now, in a couple episodes upcoming, I'm going to say it's, it's not just war-related trauma. It's going to be veteran-related trauma. Uh, and, and here's why. Let me play another clip here from Dr. Andrew Weiss. Sometimes I ask my students to maybe think of something they've been through that was, that was difficult, whether it was the loss of a loved one or perhaps a car wreck or something like that, and to take what trauma they've experienced in a life, uh, a little bit of trauma, and one of my veteran friends told me this, and I think it's a very good way to put it. He said, imagine that trauma, but imagine that trauma happening day after day for 365 days, and then you have what a veteran's been through. Now, what you see with post-traumatic stress disorder is it is a normal reaction to an abnormal event. In other words, it doesn't highlight what's wrong with you. It really emphasizes what's right. Okay, let, let me frame that for you. It would be more abnormal to endure some of the things such as war, trauma, violence, assault, rape, combat, other types of... It would be more abnormal to experience that and not be affected than it is to experience it and be effective. So, so here's the idea. Again, it is a normal response to an abnormally emphasized traumatic event. Uh, listen here to what Shannon Paulson, she is a clinical social worker, has to say about this because she's going to bring up the idea that this is not a new thing. Basically, if you look back through history, what you will see is um, post-traumatic stress disorder has been going on since 1900 BC and has been documented. A few moments ago, uh, Andrew Wiest referred to Wilfred Owen. Uh, he was fought and was killed in World War I. I'm, I'm looking at the disentangled manual uh, right here. If you're watching on screen and see me looking down, uh, here's how he described war in his poem, Mental Cases. So let me, let me read this again. This is World War I. Who are these? Why sit they here in twilight? Ever from their hair and through their hand palms, misery swelters. Surely we have perished, sleeping, and walk hell. But who these hellish? These are men whose minds the dead have ravished. Multitudinous murders they once witnessed, waiting sloughs of flesh these helpless wander, treading blood from, blood from lungs that had once loved laughter. Always they must see these things and hear them, as if it's just repeating in their mind. Batter of guns and shatter of flying muscles, carnage incomparable and human squander rucked too thick for these men's extrication. 
In other words, it just weighs on their mind. They can't get rid of it. That's World War One. Now, let me read what General Douglas MacArthur said from the Southwest Pacific during World War II. He wrote this, In my dreams, I hear again the crash of guns, the rattle of musketry, the strange, mournful mutter on the battlefield. Now, n notice how they describe war, whether it's World War One or World War Two, uh, or even, uh, you know, war is hell is, is a phrase that you've heard before from General Sherman. W whatever it is. It seems so similar that you could have taken the phrase from any time era and replaced it, and it would be virtually the same. Now, that, that said, uh, let me show you something here from Nehemiah 3, 1 through 3. And again, this is in the book Disentangled. This is our newest uh, Bible study on PTSD, moral injury, and what the Scripture has to say about it as it pertains uh, to veterans. There's a link down in the show notes for you where you can grab that book. Uh, this is from Nehemiah. Again, woe to the bloody city, completely full of lies and pillage. Her prey never departs. The noise of the whip, the noise of the rattling of the will, galloping horses and bounding chariots, horsemen charging, swords flashing, spears gleaming, many slain, a mass of corpses and countless dead bodies. They stumble over the dead bodies. Again, decades apart. Now, now the only thing that seems different is the tools of war and the names we give what people feel that endure it. Listen in again to Dr. Andrew Weiss. So Civil War, World War One, World War II, though it goes by different names. Soldier's Heart, it goes by shell shock, it goes by combat exhaustion. It's the same thing. It's young men having gone through something tra so traumatic that they can't get over it. Here's one observation I want to add to what he's saying here. Uh, this is a human condition. Uh, if you're feeling, sensing something that sounds similar here, uh, you're not alone. Here's Bruce Chaplin again, the pastoral psychologist. But it's actually interesting that the word PTSD, the concept of what we call PTSD, didn't actually come in to, until the early 1980s. Now the war in Vietnam had been over for five years and we were still struggling. What We were looking at these young men, what in the heck are we dealing with here? Now, also, let me remind you that this is common to other people, and it, it highlights, again, reframe it. It highlights what's right about you, not what's wrong. It would be more abnormal to not be affected by a traumatic experience than it is to be affected and then need to undergo some healing and help. Now, here's Shannon Paulson again. She's the clinical social worker, and she's going to give us some information that's very enlightening about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder that term and its inclusion in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. Now, the DSM, as it's often referred to, is the tool that psychologists and psychiatrists use to actually diagnose, treat, and prescribe um, mental conditions. So, uh, listen into what she says. Post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it really, it, it became part of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders um, in 1980 um, during its third revision. And that kind of put P 
PTSD in the field of traumatology on the map. It was the first time it was ever acknowledged and published, you know, in a format that led credibility um, to the field. The field of psychiatry has been constantly expanding its knowledge base on um, trauma and trauma-related disorders. Now, I think we've got an idea of what post-traumatic stress uh, is. We've defined it. Uh, let me give you some of the symptoms, like how it presents itself uh, in our lives. Uh, I'm going to refer to Eugene Cuevas here. He does an incredible job in about 60 seconds. Eugene is uh, the director, and they would help shot a lot of the film for Invisible Scars and Honoring the Code, and was incredibly instrumental early on here in the When Trauma Comes Home uh, project. Listen to Eugene. He's going to highlight four different symptoms signs of PTSD. Now, now, a lot of people say PTSD, it looks like fight or flight, and some people even say fight, flight, or freeze. Freeze is really a flight. It's just kind of fight means you bow up and you're going to uh, take it on, whatever that external threat is. Um, flight means we're going to shudder back. We're going to run away, and, and flight may even be we just don't do anything. We just kind of kind of freeze. Listen, listen to the four reactions, symptoms that Eugene says here. Four main categories of symptoms. Okay, the re-experiencing symptoms, nightmares or flashbacks, where they feel like they're back in that traumatic situation. Certain sights or sounds may trigger these memories of that danger or stress. They're the avoidance symptoms. This is where someone will do whatever they can to avoid anything that reminds them of that trauma. They may want to avoid riding in a car, watching certain movies, or being around certain people. They don't want to talk about or even think about anything that brings up those hurtful memories. Then the negative feelings. This is where someone may be extremely depressed. They may have angry outbursts or just not be able to control their emotions. They may be fearful of others or unable to trust other people. And then the fourth category, the symptoms of hyperarousal. This is where someone just can't relax. They can't concentrate. Everyday sounds will cause them great anxiety and sleep becomes overly difficult. Now, what I want you to notice about all of this is PTSD generally, it happens when there is the right response in the wrong time and place. So if you're thinking back to episode one, one of the examples we said there was Don Mallon, uh, he just testified. He said, when, it, when I came back home, it took me a couple years to realize that it was thundering outside. I was not under mortar fire. It's thundering, it's not mortar fire. Okay, so if, if, if he's shuddering or he's gonna hide when there's mortar fire, that's the right response. But when it's not mortar, it's thunder, okay? Shuddering, okay, wrong response. What's wrong about it? It's the wrong time and place. Uh, you've heard the classic one, 4th of July, veterans will hear fireworks, and sometimes it just seems a little excessive. And so it feels like all of, of, of the guns and the battle, and again, taking cover uh, and stepping back and taking safety, the right response when it's gunfire, wrong response when it's fireworks. And again, emotionally reacting to a different time and place where there was trauma. And again, that highlights what's correct, what's right. Um, part of the healing process now is not saying, hey, you're flawed or you're wrong, you're messed up. It's, it's recognizing, hey, 
I'm now in a different time and place. I'm, I'm not under terror. I'm not in danger. I'm in a place of safety. Uh, one of our friends, Dr. Um, Father, Ed McKenzie, uh, he uh, talks about uh, when alarms go off, even to this day, it takes him back to a time and place when he served, because when alarms went off, that means they had wounded coming in. You have to go get the wounded out of the helicopters and clean some of the blood, and, and many times there are fatalities. And so alarms even now transport him back, okay? When, when, when alarms go off and you're in war, it's the right response to high alert and to get up because we've got to go take care of the wounded. Now, the alarm might just be a phone going off, or it might just be, hey, somebody's phoning you, or it might just be, hey, it's time to wake up. Okay, again, so it's that, that high alert uh, or that re-experiencing syndrome that, like Eugene mentioned, but it is at the wrong time and place. That's where uh, it really comes in. Now, let me share with you again what Shannon Paulson also says about uh, these unhealed hurts and how they might affect us. Um, in the DSM-5, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder was taken out of the anxiety category of anxiety disorders and placed into a new chapter of um, stress, um, stress and trauma-related disorders. Here's my encouragement to you. If you have an unhealed hurt, don't continue living in the present out of the past. Set the past in the past doesn't mean that it's not a process. It doesn't mean that you don't need some healing. In fact, it might be beneficial to find some professional help. I've sought professional help before. Um, there are also some tools that I'm going to put in the links in the show notes down below for you, whether that's uh, getting involved with the Warrior Hope uh, curriculum here that's 10 lessons. There's a video course that goes with that. Uh, there's the Disentangled Bible Study. There are also uh, those two films currently that you can stream. At some point in the future, we'll add the third film to where that's streamable as well. Uh, but if you're trying to have that conversation with other people and you're not really sure how to process that with your family, with your friends, one of the easiest things that you could do is actually watch that film together and perhaps that would give you conversation starters or even if you don't want to talk yet it would give them space uh, to hold for you to where you could maybe see it in the stories of others okay i'm andy jenkins i am signing off from the warrior hope podcast brought to you by crosswinds foundation for faith and culture join me for episode number three here of season three because in the next episode we're going to talk about the idea that war actually changes people and then we're going to come back and talk about the other side of it which is non-war changes people as well i'll see you in the next episode